0: Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast, powered by Adcraft USA, your custom apparel, merch and uniform experts. Our friends at Adcraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. Adcraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything. From hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at AdCraftUSA.com All right. NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe here for another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast. You see, tonight I have no guests, I have no john, I have no intern. I am truly alone, but it's the last, the last the very last preview of the season. After this, next week, we go into live shows. That's right. Live dad gum shows. I'm excited. Another season of live shows. We get to talk football. Tonight, we end in our backyard with the Sun Conference. We started Just a little north of here with the Appalachian. We've gone all around the country and we end up back home right in the Sun Conference. Love it. This is going to be the conference that uh, the team that I'm going to be helping out, Thomas, is going to be joining. I confirmed that they will be members of the Sun for football and flag football when they actually join. But that won't be till next year. This year, we start at. As always, the bottom. We start with Florida Memorial. The Lions, the newbies on the block, still breaking in their team. I think this will be their third year. Last year, the Lions went 2-9. and nine. They were 7th bottom in the division, the conference, kind of both and, with 4.44 yards per play offensively. They were 6th defensively with 5.93 yards per play. And that ended up with a negative one and a half yards per play, which isn't bad for a last place team. George Young at running back is returning for them nearly a thousand yards on the ground. Also had a receiving touchdown and 219 receiving yards. Linebacker Josh Mims had 79 tackles, force fumble, a pick, pass breakup. They literally have zero seniors. Absolutely zero seniors. I mean, this is a third-year squad. So what? What can we expect this year? Then out of Florida Memorial, well, you would expect some growth, except the and you'll and you'll hear this time and again. They play an awful hard schedule, with the with the sun breaking off of the mid south. They We're not able to get a scheduling alliance with the Mid-South. They're having to do some really tough games this year to fill out their schedule. For example, Florida Memorial plays D2 Edward Waters in the Big Cat Classic, the Lions versus the Tigers. I bet that's a fun one. And then the next week, they travel to Baton Rouge and play Southern University. And then they have two games against Warner on this schedule, along with two games against Southeastern before ending their season against Fort Lauderdale, which should be an easy game. They also have two against Ave Maria, I think. No, I can't read. They have one against Ave Maria. And so to play those two HBCU squads in Southern and in Edward Waters, that's that's a hard... It's a hard way to get in your your out of conference games. There, there are a lot of teams that are putting in some hard ones. Heck, the University of Fort Lauderdale is effectively almost a full conference member. They're going to be playing all, almost everybody here. So, the question is, can the Lions get out of the basement? That that is going to be that's going to be difficult. Seeing that, um, well, it's only them, and the next team up, and that's going to be the Warner Royals, three and eight a year ago. They end their season with a horrible loss to Weber, getting beat by about 40 points to their rivals across the lake, and that's not what you want to be ending your season with. Now, Warner a year ago was fifth offensively, almost five yards per play, but they were bottom in the sun Division in defense with 6.09 yards per play given up. That gives them that net yards per play of negative 1.15. So they do return Trevon Jackson with 677 uh, yards of receiving. They do return their quarterback, a majority of their running backs, most of their wide receivers, most of their D. This is another one of those young teams. On defense, they feature Ashton Mincy and Rodelson Petit who combined for two force fumbles, two picks, and four pass breakups there. They also have a little bit of a, of a hard road to hoe there. They make the trip up and over to the University of West Florida in Pensacola as well as make the trip to, I'm going to butcher this name, Natchdoches, Natchdes, Natchdes, I think it's Natchdes. Y'all correct me down in the comments. I butchered it. Stephen F. Austin. Who they're playing there. They also get in a game against Fort Lauderdale. And going through the, the schedule, that is, that is not what you want to do. They play Kaiser twice. This is going to be a hard one for Warner. West Florida is not that far removed from a national uh, championship win. And Stephen F. Austin is nothing to scoff at there. That's going to be hard. And so, for me, out of these two teams that are in this midsection here, do as we have the entire rest of the year. The team that is most likely to get out, I think, is going to be Florida Memorial. They're going to continue to develop as a squad. They have a very young team. Like I said, literally, literally no seniors. And so. I could see them making a play and ruining some folks' season. Now, next up on our list is going to be a team that a lot of you are going to be going, why are they there? That's happened a time or two this offseason. That's going to be the Southeastern Fire. They had a really good defense in their 8-3 and three season, giving up uh, 4.83 yards per play, good for third in the division, but their offense struggled. Sixth in offensive yards per play, about four and a half yards, and that leaves them in the negative. They do return uh, double massless, Trenton Serloff, Curtis Williams, Mark Viachek, Khalid Scott, uh, Aaron Walton, and obviously Brian Bell. Who, when healthy, is one of the better running backs out there. Um, you know, if, if not in the Sun Conference alone, then in the nation. When he's healthy, he's a great player. Devil Masilis is the only all conference pick that is returning for Southeastern. But you do return a little bit off that defense, those four picks there, uh, there off of your defense. But you're losing your quarterback, most of your running back production, and half your wide receivers. I have to look out, you know, you, you get a good game to look at off the off the jump. You play North American University at home, and you can kind of get an idea from North American University whether or not your offense is going to take shape in the way that you want it to. Um, you know, maybe you do a little addition by subtraction. Cooper Jones is a good quarterback. Last year, we'll see who they've got behind them. You are breaking in, also. Uh, you, you've got an interim head coach as uh, their their head coach leaves in the spring. That's going to be hard. You're also you're losing Lauren Parker, who was a thousand yard rusher. You're losing Ian Hinkle who was a good blocker, Ray Lewis at offensive line, your kicker, and your punter. So what will Southeastern be? And for those who can't tell, that is Victory Field behind me, home of the Southeastern Fire, and yes, yes, they do have fire at their games. I was fortunate enough to go in that 2020 season, and uh, I sat... Right about, no, right there, behind um, behind the camera, up a couple of, of levels there, and um, beautiful field, beautiful setup there. Right over um, there is the baseball field, and uh, they kind of smoosh together. Beautiful setup there in Lakeland. If you ever get a chance to go, it's one of the nicest stadiums that you're going to find in the NAIA. They play North American, get off to that, that start there, but then they have to play at Savannah State, which is not going to be an easy one. And they repeat with St. Thomas this uh, this year, along with Florida Memorial. Honestly, if I'm Southeastern, St. Thomas is not the one I would have wanted to repeat on because the guys, they're from Miami Gardens. Are on the come up, and we'll have to see what they do. Got that new field put in by our friends at uh, Mommy Bay Turf Turf Nation. Can't wait to see what that looks like under the lights. But just going to be a tough, a tough road to hoe for Southeastern. You've got to get that offense going in the way that Southeastern's offense, you know, wants to go. You know, the the Sun Conference is is sort of like the KCAC in that they want to play fast, they want to play hard, they want to play just play, play, play. They're a a heavy-tempo conference. And Southeastern's going to have to do better offensively than they did a year ago. We'll see what happens in Lakeland. Right ahead of them are the Weber Warriors with their new turf field. They were 3-8 and eight a year ago, were very middle of the road. Four, 5.09 yards per play, good for fourth offensively. 5.40 yards defensively given up, giving them a negative .31 net yards per play. Now the Warriors, which, thanks for the swag, are returning Tremont Bright, a thousand-yard rusher, And they return a whole lot. You're hearing this again and again because it's the real deal. Weber returns their quarterback, their running backs, their wide receivers. But what they do have issues with is their quarterback or their defense. They return very few defensively. About the only ones that they're returning are defensive back Devontae Harris, who had a pick six last year along with a forced fumble and linebacker Colton Cormier, both um, all-conference selections. Weber starts off versus Lincoln University, who had to call a game off, I believe, against Southeastern last year. They also play Atlantis University, which is not going to be a countable game. They play at Cumberland University in Lebanon. Then they play Fort Lauderdale. But then at the end, near the end of the season, they play Virginia University-Lynchburg. Which, honestly, I'll tell you all the truth. I don't know much about Virginia University-Lynchburg. of I will look and I will tell you that they're NCCAA. They are, uh, looks to be an HBCU. And... um, So they're not in NCAA, they're not NAI, they are in between. So Weber gets a fairly easy out-of-conference schedule. And looking at the rest of their games, I don't see any Sun Conference teams that they are repeating against. This could be a really good shot for Weber to continue to grow as a team And uh, to really make a push into that top echelon of the Sun Conference. And now the last one in this setup are the gyrenes. Don't ask me what a gyrene is. I don't particularly know. I have Bulldog on their logo. I don't think that's a gyrene. But they were third last year in the in the conference in offensive yards per play with five and a half yards. Fifth in defensive yards per play, though, with five point seven seven yards given up, and that is what has them in the negative. They do return a lot offensively, outside of quarterback Will Tate, who was a senior last year. But they do. Return the majority of their running backs. They returned two all-conference wide receivers in Roman Newkirk and Joshua Jenkins. They return tight end Brock Summers, who was more of a blocking back, and two all-conference offensive linemen in Jose Fernandez and Bennett Landry. Defensively, the only all-conference guy they're bringing back is Shane O'Brien with 77 tackles and three picks. They do lose Connor Jewell. 48 tackles, 5.5 tackles for loss. And Jalen Robinson, 39 tackles, 9.5 sacks from a year ago. But they do return the majority of their defense. And so, at this point, if you're looking at Southeastern, Weber, Ave Maria, well, let's let's look at Ave Maria's schedule. They play at Madonna to open up. Then they play, or they host Lawrence Tech. Um, then they play at Fort Lauderdale, at Salisbury, who's division three. And like Warner or Weber, they do not repeat any of their Sun Conference games. So they get to only play everyone once, but you do have two teams out of the mid-states, uh, football association that you have to take on. That's going to be hard, but you've got the offense coming back to do it if you've got a quarterback. That's going to be the thing. Honestly, out of this bunch, I could see Weber playing that spoiler role that Ave Maria played last year when uh, they went five and six. And really, uh, honestly, they had a chance at the end of the year to spoil Kaisers nine and three. At that point, uh eight or eight and and two record or eight uh seven and two record. I can't do math, guys. They had a chance to spoil that seven and two record of Kaiser and put a dent in their playoff hopes. And so now finally we get to the top two contenders and we start there with Kaiser. They were second across the board last year, 5.73 yards per play offensively, 4.44 yards defensively given up, good for 1.29 yards per play. And they bring back a large portion of their team, whether it be Jonathan Mosley, who when he was playing was the answer. Kaiser had a heck of a time early on in the season with finding their quarterback. That was that was a struggle for them early on. They found Jonathan Mosley uh, late later on in the season. Only had 504 passing yards, but a 71.2 completion percentage with 7.6 yards per attempt, which is not bad. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. Also had three touchdowns on the ground and four yards, almost five yards per carry on 280 rush yards which tells me that he wasn't getting sacked a whole lot, which makes sense seeing that they have Cody Olsen and Colton Takis coming back on their offensive line. They also return Marcus Burgess, who has been a steady, steady Eddie for them. 1,757 yards and 19 touchdowns. They may be Seahawk fast, but boy, do they pound the rock as good as any team in the nation. They also returned Gerson Jocks, a great wide receiver, only 482 yards a year ago, uh, five touchdowns. It was hard going there. At first, they, were, they couldn't bring back uh, their, their quarterback. They, they are going to be missing Caleb Walls with a kick return touchdown and six uh, receiving touchdowns and Jefferson Jones on the offensive line. Defensively, they bring back a really talented secondary, whether it be Byron Fraley, Sage Chen Young, who I swear has been at Kaiser for 12 years now, Wesley Scott, Wendell Fillard. Really the only piece that they do not bring back is Victor Alvarez Jr. And... Yes, Alvarez Jr. did have seven sacks and eleven and a half tackles for loss. But you do still have Alessandro Cantillo with nine and a half tackles for loss and five and a half yards or five and a half sacks. That's man, that is a lot coming back. Most of your defense, most of your wide receivers, your quarterbacks, and basically your entire running back stable. Are you are you going to stay atop the sun and maintain your hold on the sun? You got to get started a little bit sooner than you did last year. But at the top are the new boys, are the new kids in town other than Florida Memorial. That is St. Thomas. The Bobcats went 9-2 and two a year ago, but both of those losses were in conference and really ended their season. They were first offensively with 5.79 yards per play, first defensively with 4.22 yards per play. They do have a bit of a tough road ahead of them. They play at Butler, which, yes, I believe is a pioneer team. But that is, that's still going to be a toughie, traveling to Indianapolis. You then, the next week, play St. Xavier in Chicago and then return home to play North American University. You then have to play Southeastern twice. Once at the end of September and once your last game at Victory Field in Lakeland. But if you can manage to beat Southeastern in September at your place and Kaiser in early October at your place, you take the stranglehold of the Sun if you're St. Thomas. Because Kaiser does also uh, has a bit of a rough schedule. They play... Warner twice of of course there like we mentioned earlier, but they play Valdosta State in Valdosta, Georgia, a game that Lord Will and the Creek don't rise. I'll be at. They play Mississippi College at Mississippi College, and then Lindenwood University, the the other Lindenwood, the one that was not in AIA, in St. Charles. D2 school, that's a tough road to hoe for, for Kaiser, and you're gonna have to. If you're the Seahawks, you're going to have to keep St. Thomas off your back. How will this go? Last year, St. Thomas was, I believe, my my dark horse. And boy, was I right. They returned, like I said, their quarterback. They returned their starting running back, Montavious Farmer with 858 rushing yards. They returned both Siquan and Pierre with two punt return touchdowns along with 421 uh, receiving yards, and Kalitri Trizal, who had 534 receiving yards and four touchdowns. You have an all-conference lineman, Keon Phillips, coming back. You have two all-conference defensive linemen coming back, in Michael Torrance and Khalil Bryan. You have three all-conference linebackers, two on the outside, Donnell Bennett and Nicholas Engler. And then you have Joey Fleurjust on the inside that's coming back. You have Sidney Porter and Ja'Cory Austin coming back in your defensive secondary. Really, the only piece for your very young team that you're going to lose is Eric Demps, who was a big piece, nine touchdowns on 474 yards receiving. But like we said for Florida Memorial, you're still very young. And so that makes a big difference there. For Saint Thomas, you've gotten a taste of the big time now. Can you round the corner and beat the teams not only at the bottom of your division, but at the top? Can you go and beat the Southeasterns and Kaisers of your uh, of your league there? That that's the problem. Or that was the problem last year for St. Thomas. They get off, to, they got off to this great start. But then they went and lost to Southeastern at home, turned around the next week against Kaiser, and lost at West Palm Beach. And after that, their season was effectively over. This year, you get another shot at it. You don't have them back-to-back. You play... Uh, Fort Lauderdale at your place in between. You get to rest up. Because both of those teams are physical. I think, though, as I look over the schedules and I and I look over the the who's coming back, this is a two-horse race between Kaiser and St. Thomas. Southeastern's going to have to show me that they are on their way back, back up because their season last year, while good in the W's and L's, was not good on the stats. Consistently looking at at those box scores and being underwhelmed. And out of those two horses at the top, i got to go with Kaiser. They are the seasoned veteran now of winning the Sun Division, the Sun Conference. Could St. Thomas win? Yeah. It'd be another great step in Bobcat football. It would, be a, it would not shock me in the slightest. But I'm going to take Kaiser on this, and then I think I think for my door course, I'm, I'm going to pick Weber. I think they're dangerous. Warner certainly knows they're dangerous after they exploded for 70 points on them. That was, uh, if I remember the box score correctly, that's 11 plus yards per play for Weber. It's hard to do 11 plus yards per play on air, let alone for an entire game with the defense there. Give me Weber for the dark horse. Look for Avi Maria to hold serve, hopefully. Uh, We'll see if they take a step back Finding a new signal caller. Sun Division is not to be be trifled with, and when you add Thomas and their military transition football next season, that's going to be a a big add for you. We'll see what the Sun Division can do. You you really, if you're the Sun, you really want to add a couple other teams. And when you look at the Sun Conference itself, and if SCAD's moving out, bigger picture here, there's a possibility that you could get, um, no, sorry, SCAD's not moving out. It's UCSB that's moving out. You've got eight that play normally uh, for something like baseball. Uh, Southeastern, St. Thomas, Warner, Kaiser, Weber, UCSB, Florida Memorial, Ave Maria, and um, my lovable losers, Thomas. With Thomas in there pushing you to seven teams, really the, the, the sun needs to pick up a few more teams here. Uh, whether you you look to to pick up maybe uh, Fort Lauderdale in a few years, whether you can develop uh, maybe you you go raid some of these uh, southern states squads uh, or or maybe you can you can convince some of the the uh, other teams from the southeast to join you. Let's see who's in the southern states because right now the southern states doesn't have football who could you who could you feasibly see out of the southern states you might be able to pull someone like maybe life U-mobile maybe Loyola'd be a big pick. Um, Maybe even get Stillman to play football. That'd be fun to have another, another HBCU. But if you're the sun, you've got to figure out your situation, because if not, you risk doing to yourself what the frontier does every year. Even if you play really good football, you risk cannibalizing yourself if you're only going to run with seven, eight teams. You need to make a schedule out of this. And as we've seen from other teams over the years, playing these D2 and D3 schools is not a sustainable model to get into the playoffs. Because if you don't look good against those D2, D3 schools, like it or not, that still penalizes you a little bit. A loss is a loss. Now, maybe, yes, this helps raise some money for the Sun as a whole. And now you can entice some folks to come over and play football with you. We shall see. It's it. it is a conference that needs to add a couple more members, in my opinion. Think Mobile would be a good fit if you can get them there. Um, you know, so that would be that would be my my pick there. Maybe you can convince maybe some like a Middle Georgia State. I know you're not gonna. I know you're not gonna uh, get uh, Georgia Gwinnett to come over and, and and play. And and obviously if they did, they probably would go to the Appalachian and, and play neighbor Fall um, Reinhardt. Same thing goes for Troop McConnell there in the AAC. They probably joined the AAC, uh, the AAC for football if they if they added it. So for the Sun Conference, you're kind of over a barrel. Maybe you can convince Point to come over since they're uh, a little further south than, than say a Faulkner is. Give give Thomas someone to, to play against. I don't know. We'll see. It certainly will be interesting. And remember. If you are listening to this when it comes out, that'll be Tuesday, the 16th of August. We will be having a live show on Monday, August 22nd, going through all of our picks, and we will, uh, I don't know that we'll we'll pick the playoffs, we'll give our national champions, obviously, um, and, you know, jokingly hold ourselves to them. But that will be the first live show ahead of Thursday night's opening games. I think I've, I've counted three or four of them there on Thursday, the 25th. So, we have completed it. All 12 conferences and divisions of the NAIA in the football landscape, we have done it. Ladies and gentlemen, that means that there's only one thing remaining, and that's putting toe to leather, getting yet another season kicked off for NAI football. I'm so excited. Guys, if you love what we do, if you enjoy what we do, um, our Patreon is super affordable, $1 a month. We do some uh, stuff just for our patrons in, in um, articles and getting some sneak peeks and stuff. So join us over there. That's the best way to support what we do. If you are a player in NAI football, the best thing you can do for us right now is to follow us, make sure your teammates are following us, and make sure that all of y'all are s- subscribed to us on YouTube because that will turn into money just as just as fast Uh, right now we stand at 632 subscribers as of right now and we just need the thousand to get where we need to go in the monetization level once we get there we'll be we'll be asking for the for the watch hours but our watch hours are doing better than they have All season. So. Guys thank you. So much for your support. Week in and week out. It means the world to me and John. And we are so grateful. That y'all want to come along with us. And promote. This level. Of football. Which to me. Other than. the, The. The FBS. Squads. This is the best there is. I love it, and I've been fully converted over to, be, to, to loving it just as much as y'all do. So, for my buddy John Cooper, who is doing two days of his own right now, we will see y'all on the live show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by Adcraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.